When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What's up? Let's get your Sunday started. Football. A lot of football yesterday. Tons of football still to come today. We'll talk about all of it and then some. Jason Martin Show. My name happens to be, get this, Jason Martin. How about them apples? I'm on Twitter at jmartradio. Glad to have you with us wherever you happen to be across the United States of America. Eric Roberts, Chris Perfett, Kevin Figures in for Brian Finley this morning. Third hour of the program, as usual, we'll break down all of the NFL games. We'll get predictions across the spectrum. We'll see whether or not Figures wants to hop into the Finley role. Ralph Irvin did that successfully a couple of weeks ago. But we'll get you all set for the NFL day. But I guess we do have to start with college football. And you know, I, I think that there is one guy in particular who is the happiest about Notre Dame's thrilling double overtime win over the Lawrenceless Tigers on Saturday. And I'm pretty sure his first name is Jim and his last name rhymes with Carball. 
Michigan lost, and guess what? I'm going to start there. Well, no, I'll start with Notre Dame and Clemson, although I think, generally speaking, that's more about Notre Dame than it is Clemson. But I've been trying to figure out what the game means. It's a huge win for Notre Dame, however you want to slice it. But a 47-40 to game where in the first half, Clemson's quarterback threw for 200-plus yards. It wasn't a big-time point half, but the freshman looked good again. And he looked good again in the end of this as well. But just like last week in his first start, Uyaga Lele had to come back from a double-digit deficit for Clemson. It was against Boston College last week. That's a little bit easier to do than is doing the same thing at South Bend against Notre Dame. But the thing that stands out about the backup, and I put that in air quotes, the backup who would be a starter for just about everybody else in the country, and certainly it's going to be just fine after Trevor Lawrence leaves, The thing about what we saw from him that actually makes this tougher for Clemson is that he performed in a way where it's very hard to say anybody could have done much better. And when you look at it from that perspective, you start to wonder whether or not this can hurt Clemson later or not. This was not a bad loss, obviously, and it wasn't a loss against nobody. So they beat a team that was ranked in the top five. And this is more about can Notre Dame be that elusive number four team behind the three that just don't seem to ever screw up. Now Clemson lost, but Clemson didn't have their all-world quarterback playing in the game. But what I'm trying to kind of work with here is that Uyaga Lele threw for 439 yards. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. He ran for a third touchdown. How much more was Trevor Lawrence going to do than the freshman did at 439 and two scores and a third on the ground? That, to me, harms Clemson because... Originally going in, I didn't care that much. One, I didn't I didn't take Notre Dame as seriously as I guess I should have. But two, without Trevor Lawrence playing, it's just, okay, well, this is going to be just a blank slate. It's not going to matter. But does it matter when the quarterback goes out there and plays the way Clemson's quarterback did? Now, the argument is real simple, though, to, to push back against that. And that is, this is the second week in a row they've had to come back from a double-digit deficit. Would Trevor Lawrence have ever been behind to that degree? Well, Travis Etienne only ran for 28 yards in this game on 18 carries. And this guy is an absolute monster. So how do you explain that? Well, if Lawrence is playing early, does Etienne get off? Maybe he does. He did catch 57 yards worth on eight receptions, did Etienne. But you had three fumbles, one from him, one from Rodgers, one from Galloway. All three of them were lost. Notre Dame played a tremendous defensive game in many respects, but they still gave up 40 points. 
But this was a, what, 23-13 to 13 game at the half? So what does it actually mean at the end? I'm honestly not sure. Because there are so many weird things that are going on right now in and around college football. We look at the AP Top 25 going into this week. Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Okay, so number four knocks off number one. Number one's starting quarterback, the consensus number one pick upcoming in the NFL draft. That guy's not playing because of COVID. But the guy that replaced him played excellent football and showed his stuff. And it's not like Clemson got beat 47-3 because they could not score and could not move the football. That's the argument you can try to push back against. But who else are you going to put in there? Georgia? Definitely not. That's the number five team in the country entering this week. That's a wrap. Their quarterback situation is an abject disaster. Cincinnati, they're undefeated, but I'm sorry, I can't get there. Texas A&M? Texas A&M could be a team to challenge in the SEC, except for the fact that they do already have the one loss. And their one loss is to Alabama, meaning they probably can't get to a conference championship game anyway. That's probably going to hurt their chances a little bit. Florida, Florida has one loss. Florida is definitely a good football team. Flawed a little bit with their defense. But they lost to A&M. And where is A&M going to finish when we finally get to the end of this thing? BYU, BYU is super impressive, but their schedule is just not going to get them there. Wisconsin, Wisconsin is number 10 in the country, and they deserve their own segment right now because they've not missed one. They've missed two Big Ten games in a row because of COVID-19. What do you do with Wisconsin? They're going to have played two less games when all of this is worked out. I'm not sure what you can do other than just say, I'm sorry, guys, but no. Miami escaped NC State on Friday night. They're 5-1. and one. That's number 11. And then you just get into teams where you have to make serious cases. So who is it? It's still Clemson. Clemson's still one of those three, and Notre Dame has kind of taken the fun out of it, have they not? If Notre Dame's able to handle business from this point on, which, of course, is a big if. There's a lot of games left. But they've got BC. At Carolina's a tough game. Syracuse and Wake. That's their next four games. That's it. But when you look at their schedule at this point, they beat Duke. Not a great Duke team. They crushed South Florida 52 to nothing. Who cares? They beat Florida State, who's gotten a little bit better. But Florida State is still a 1-5 in the conference, 2-5 and five overall football team. Beat Louisville 12-7 in a barn burner. Louisville is a 2-5 and five football team as well. Crush Pittsburgh, that's not particularly impressive. At Georgia Tech, 31-13, but they, that was a game that was closer than it should have been for a little while. And then they got the Clemson win here. So they are number four, but are they better than Clemson? That becomes the question. That becomes an interesting debate to have. They looked the part on Saturday but how much do you believe the absence of Trevor Lawrence hurt in terms of the numbers on the field in the 
final calculus, probably not a lot, but I would just have to say, if Trevor's playing at the beginning, are they firing on all cylinders faster? Is there more pressure on the Notre Dame defense than there is against a freshman, a very talented freshman, but still a freshman? And does everything else play out the same way? The answer is no. You can't just say, well, if he's in there, he does the same thing. Well, he might, but the defense might do entirely different things. Every game is different. If you're staring at Trevor Lawrence, how many of those Notre Dame corners and safeties and the linebackers are a little bit more fearful or playing with a little bit more anxiety? What is it Trevor Lawrence could do early in that game that Uyaga Lale could not? And these are just hypothetical discussions that I'm having with you folks this morning on Fox Sports Radio. I'm not suggesting that I have the answer to this question. I'm saying that what we found out on Saturday was that Notre Dame steps into that fourth spot. It's now Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame in some order. The first two, I think, even though nobody this season has a win more impressive than Notre Dame over Clemson, I still don't think you can put them above Alabama And I don't think you can put them above Ohio State. At the time, Alabama beating Georgia was fairly impressive. It's not as much now. They beat A&M. That might actually end up being more impressive than the Georgia game. But that's what we found out on Saturday night. It's not that Clemson's season is over because of a loss. It's that Notre Dame has stepped in and said, we will be that fourth team. And when again... The schedule from this point on for Notre Dame is what? At BC, win. At Carolina. North Carolina's a nice team. At one point ranked in the top 10, which never really felt quite right. They should win that game. But that's the one stumbling block for them. I don't think Syracuse and at Wake Forest are going to be stumbling blocks. So they've got to get through November the 27th in Chapel Hill against the North Carolina Tar Heels. If they do, I anticipate that they've got an undefeated season. Not one with a not a particularly impressive slate from top to bottom in terms of their schedule. But you play who's on the schedule, right? And they step into this ACC schedule for the first time and there's some also rans here, folks. There's just some bad football teams. There's a few good ones, but there's some bad football teams. A lot of bad ones, as a matter of fact. I mean, you really think about it. They don't play Virginia Tech. That's another team that's at least top five in the conference and above 500. Wake Forest is actually a 4-2 and two team. I just don't take that seriously against Notre Dame this year. I just don't. So when you watch Notre Dame and you watch the way they ran the football with Kyron Williams, and you see what Ian Book was able to do, it still took double overtime for them to win at home without Trevor Lawrence playing in a shootout of a game that was a classic and a great primetime experience on television last night. I don't think this knocks Clemson out of the discussion, and I don't think that this costs Clemson a playoff spot. Now, if they lose another one, then we can have a different discussion. But is there anybody that saw that game, especially knowing the circumstances that were that were obviously going to exist going into it, see what happens and say, all right, Clemson should not have a chance to play in the college football playoff. I can't imagine almost anybody could make an argument for anybody else right now. 
you might want to make that BYU argument or that Cincinnati argument, but you're begging. Those are impressive teams, but it's going to take more than a double overtime loss in South Bend without your starting quarterback to play for me to tell you that Clemson doesn't deserve it. So that's the first thing that we learned on Saturday. On the other side of this break, what's the other thing that we learned? This one happening in the Big Ten, and there were two teams in the Big Ten that had real bad Saturdays, and by teams, I really should be talking about coaches. But one stands above the rest. How bad was this for the University of Michigan against Indiana? We will address it. I've talked Harbaugh many times on this show. Usually you don't find too much pushback these days. I imagine you're going to find less than ever today on this program as we do what we have to do. We are live in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. A reminder, 15 minutes could and should, and by should I just mean you got to do it, and it will. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. The website is geico.com. Go there and get yourself a free rate quote. Hit me up on Twitter at jmartradio, or you can call us 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369. Plenty of NFL to talk about. We got to get this college football business handle first when we come back another terrible very good or very bad no good whatever the i can't even remember the name of that book i'm gonna have to look it up now i I can't get a break without actually figuring this out here we go yes you're hearing me type right there all right how about jim and the terrible horrible no good very bad day that's what i was looking for we'll be right back jason martin show on fox sports radio BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. 
CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Second week in a row for a little say hello to heaven. Temple the dog bringing us it? back in. It is. Oh, Remember we talked about how some a listener sent me that deal about Temple of the dog coming out before Pearl Jam formed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm lo- I'm losing my touch here a little bit. No, I don't usually like no, doing two I like two. this song. It's just gonna remind right. me to listen to it again on the way home. Yeah, Welcome back, good. Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by Geico. I'm Jason Martin. This happens to be my show, the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Glad to have you with us. I'm on Twitter at Radio. One other point about Clemson-Notre Dame is it's not on Uyaga Lele in terms of him not being able to play football. Uh, As usual, Clemson's just a factory, and they're going to be okay next year. The problem is 47 points to Notre Dame. The problem is 91 yards in the last couple of minutes for Notre Dame's offense to get the game into overtime. This was a 36-game regular season win streak for Clemson ended. And it was an ACC streak, obviously, that has stretched multiple seasons that came to an end as well. I do think it says more about Notre Dame than it does about Clemson. I still have Clemson in the top four. And the good news is, because of the way everything's structured and the division lacks and Notre Dame being a part of the ACC this year, we can get to see this game again in an ACC title game. Then you might get to see Notre Dame versus a Trevor Lawrence-led Clemson Tigers team. And then you can kind of erase at that point in time one narrative or the other one. One being, well, if Trevor had played, Clemson would have won. The other being Notre Dame's dominance over Clemson. So that can still happen. Even though Texas A&M can't get into, unless Alabama were to lose, they can't get into an SEC title game, which is probably going to be Alabama-Florida. If the only loss that A&M has is to an undefeated Alabama team, let's just say goes and beats Florida, then they're going to have an argument. They might be the only other team with an argument because, let me just be serious here, BYU is 8-0, right? I can't get them there. And the reason why is because of this. At Navy, 55-3 versus Troy, 48-7. Versus Louisiana Tech, 45-14. to UT San Antonio, 27-20. to At Houston, 43-26. At home against Texas State, 52-14. to At my alma mater, Western Kentucky, 41-10. to 
at Boise State on Saturday, 51-17. to So these are blowouts, but their only ranked win is a 21st-ranked Boise State team that's not great. Their only other ranked opponent was a game that was postponed against Army, number 22. You can't get me there. They, their schedule's not good enough if they go undefeated and dominate every game to get you there. They don't have a signature win there. Boise State, that it's good, and it's impressive what they did, but it's just not going to turn out to be enough. Now, Cincinnati, another undefeated team, correct? Win over Austin P. Win over Army. Win over South Florida. At Tulsa got postponed. They'll play it again at the end of the season. SMU, okay. Number 16 when they played them, 42-13 to win. Memphis, 49-10. to Houston, 38-10. to Rest of their schedule, East Carolina, Central Florida, Temple, and then the Tulsa game being made up from earlier this year. I'm taking a one-loss Clemson. I'm taking a one-loss, let's say, Notre Dame if Clemson beats them in the ACC title game. I'm taking a one-loss A&M team. I'm taking a one-loss Florida team, especially if they beat Alabama. Or I'm taking a one-loss Alabama team that loses to Florida in the SEC championship game as its only defeat over Cincinnati and BYU no matter what those two teams do for the rest of the season. If you're alumnus of one of those two schools, no disrespect, you're doing what you have to do, but it's just not enough. There's not enough on your schedule to get me where I need to go to get you where you need to go. And now let's talk about somebody who might just need to go. Jimmy Harbaugh in Ann Arbor. It is not good when you can't beat Ohio State and you're the Michigan coach over and over and over again. It's worse when you, even though you can't beat Ohio State, you at least can beat your in-state rival. No, no, you can't beat your in-state rival either. Michigan State got the better of you again this year. But it's a whole nother level of problematic when you get beaten, and not just beaten, but they kind of ran away and had a big lead throughout much of that second half. Michael Penix Jr. and the Indiana Hoosers beat Michigan on Saturday. So we've played, what, three games this season? Michigan's under 500 with losses to Michigan State and Indiana. This is not Bob Knight. This is not Kelvin Sampson. It's not Mike Davis. This is Indiana football. And maybe it's time to start taking them a little bit more seriously as well. I would imagine that's what Michigan fans are going to try and tell you today. But Indiana is undefeated. This was a 38-21 to beatdown. It really was never that close. Michael Penix Jr., three touchdowns, 342 yards. IU's got a senior receiver out here with seven grabs for 142 yards, a 24-yard touchdown grab. Ty Freifogel. And they're going to play Michigan State. So now it's going to be Indiana versus Michigan State coming up this coming weekend. Two teams that have beaten Michigan. But again, we go to Jim Harbaugh land. Because can it get better than this? The argument is always, 
well, who are you going to bring in that's going to do better? I don't necessarily know the answer, but I think you might want to find out, right? His bowl record, I'm just going to go back through the records again. I'm going to do this consistently as long as they keep losing games like this. A 10 and 3 season in 2015 with a Citrus Bowl victory. A 10 and 3 season in 2016 with an Orange Bowl loss. An 8 and 5 season with an Outback lo- uh, an Outback Bowl loss in 2017. A 10 and 3 season in 2018, Peach Bowl loss. A 9 and 4 season in 2019, a Citrus Bowl loss. I'm not suggesting that those are the worst records ever. I am suggesting that that is real average, and that is not a school that accepts real average for real long. He has been at Michigan. This is his sixth year. He is now 48 and 20. And one and four in bowl games as the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. This Michigan team apparently is not very good. It's all on him at this point. Not that they don't have to execute when they're out there, but these I mean, these are his kids. These are his recruits. These are the guys that he's brought in. This is not year two of trying to get my guys in here. These are your guys. Michigan one and two. And how many good quarterbacks has Michigan had during his time there? And that's what he's supposed to be so good at is developing quarterbacks. Joe Milton goes 18 of 34 for 344, three touchdowns. Okay, two interceptions, not okay. How many great quarterbacks has he been able to get to Ann Arbor and develop during his time at the helm there? Is there an answer to that question? Is there one that you would look at and say that way about say that about? And then you look on the flip side, so Joe Milton goes for 344. Michael Penix Jr. only goes for 342. Three touchdowns just like Joe Milton. Interceptions, all zero. 30 of 50 for 342. An 83 QBR, three touchdowns, no interceptions. So Michigan's not stopping anybody. And let's look at the schedule. They beat up on Minnesota, and everybody again started feeling like, oh, well, either Minnesota's supposed to be good, so Michigan's good. That was a 49-24 game. They lost to Michigan State 27-24. They had to come back to make it that close, and then, you know, weren't able to finish it. And then the IU game's a 17-point loss. Assuming Wisconsin plays football ever again, that's the next game on the schedule for Michigan. Number 10, Wisconsin. On November the 14th. On ABC. How do you think that's going to go for Michigan? They probably win that game, right? Like, who knows? Then it's Rutgers, no good. Penn State, how about we talk about Penn State for a second? Let's just stop right there. Penn State is 0-3. Penn State has also lost to Indiana. This is the first 0-3 start for Penn State since 01 Lost by 16 to Talia Tango-Vailoa in Happy Valley on Saturday. And I thought Maryland was impressive, but they're only 2-1. and one. I thought it had, it had been a little bit better than that, but they got absolutely annihilated by Northwestern 
in their first game. They lost that game 43-3. to Then they beat Minnesota 45-44, and then they got Penn State 35-19. Now they've got Ohio State this weekend. I'm intrigued by that, if nothing else, just to watch Talia Tonga-Vailoa. Justin Fields is playing out of his mind. There's nobody in the country playing better than Justin Fields. Not Trevor Lawrence when he plays. Not Mac Jones. Not Najee Harris. Nobody is. Justin Fields has like six incompletions on the season, I believe. But when you look at Michigan and you look at Harbaugh's coaching record and you look at the fact that they're about to not be ranked at all and they were barely ranked coming into this week, they finish up with Ohio State, so they're probably going to be a three-loss team at best in a truncated season, obviously where it's going to turn out to be eight games played. Does Harbaugh get the benefit of the doubt from the university because of the pandemic? This is a question that I have thought about long before college football came back was, because I live in a city in Nashville where the head coach of an SEC football team absolutely does not deserve to be the head coach of that football team anymore. He's been here long enough and has been just not very good, folks. He's hasn't gotten a win this year. They're 0-5. They get drubbed by just about everybody. They lost to Mike Leach 24-17 and one of the better performances we've seen them give this year. They also gave Texas A&M a run for their money in the first game. But Derek Mason is a great man, a super nice man, who deserves to be making a lot of money as a defensive coordinator for a contender, not a head coach in the Southeastern Conference. But I have thought... Derek Mason might survive 0-10 because of the pandemic. Because there, it might just be a mulligan season. You look at the eligibility rules and everything that's shifted around and just the weirdness of it all. Do you just say, hey, we're going to give you another one? Or do you cut bait? I can see Vanderbilt finding a way to cut bait because 0-5, I think they may go 0-10. But does Jim Harbaugh survive because of the weirdness that's around? Because the money that's been lost by all these universities by not having fans in the stands, losing some games along the way, all of that stuff. Now these are, you know, like a university like Michigan with its huge endowment and the money involved. But it's still a public university. But if it weren't a pandemic season, how in the world does Jim Harbaugh keep his job? Unless, well, no, I I don't even care. If they win out from here on, that means they beat Ohio State. Okay, if you beat Ohio State, then maybe we can forgive this. But if you go to lose to Ohio State, then that's a three-loss, another three-loss year for Michigan. Remember when I was telling you his coaching record a minute ago? 10-3, and 10-3, 10-3, 9-4, 8-5 are the ones that he has finished so far. That's not good enough at Michigan for very long. And by very long, I mean he's been there five years, and now this is his sixth season. If his name were not Harbaugh, if it was just like me coaching and I had that record, I'd be out on my keister. Brady Hoke would be out on his keister. Lloyd Carr would be out on his keister. And I think Jim Harbaugh is nearing being out on his keister. 
Let's go to Kevin Figures, though, and let's find out, in addition to Notre Dame getting the job done against Clemson and Michigan losing, what happened in the world of sports. Kev, what's up? All right, Jason, and in that game, Ian Book with over 300 yards passing. Also, Kyron Williams ran for 140 yards and three scores in that victory for fourth-ranked Notre Dame with the upset over Clemson, as you mentioned. We also had eighth-ranked Florida forcing three turnovers and getting four touchdown passes from Kyle Trask in a 44-28 to victory over Georgia. You also had 12th-ranked Oregon with a victory over Stanford as Pac-12 play began on Saturday afternoon. Desmond Ritter with four touchdowns for Cincinnati. They improved to 6-0 with a victory over Houston. Ohio State with a blowout win over Rutgers. As you mentioned a little bit earlier, Indiana with that victory over Michigan, 38-21. Wins for USC, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma. News out of the NFL, the Giants will be without receiver Golden Tate against Washington on Sunday. He did not travel with the team for disciplinary reasons. Garrett Gilbert will be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys as they take on Pittsburgh. Des Bryant will suit up for Baltimore as they take on the Indianapolis Colts. It'll be his first action since December of 2017. And horse racing authentic went wire to wire to win the Breeders' Cup on Saturday. Back to Jason Martin. Appreciate that, Kevin. We are in the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. My name is Jason Martin. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, Chris, you're the Michigan guy. How bad is this for the University of Michigan? Now, this this isn't Ohio State. This isn't even Michigan State. This is losing to Indiana. They haven't lost Indiana since 1987, so congratulations. You, find, you lost to a team who you last lost to when I was like one year old. Congrats. So That's I, awesome. Listen, I, I agree with you in that I believe this year Indiana is a good football team. I think... When it comes down to it, they might be the second best football team in the Big Ten, and they deserve it because they've worked their tail off in in, in Bloomington to put that team together, to get everything right. I've seen them so many years where they've just almost been on the cusp and just can't get out of their way. It's working out for them this year. The question, of course, then becomes, well, you've been putting it five years now with Harbaugh, and you haven't been putting it together to make it work out for you in Ann Arbor. Why? So I and I don't have an answer for that. I really don't. We we talked last week about the quarterbacks he's recruited. We've talked last week about the defense that he's recruited, how hard it's been and the pipelines that he's failed to make for recruiting to Michigan. And fans are kind of getting tired of it at this point. I talked with more than a few today and the ones who are still on his side are basically throwing up their hands. And the only thing they can say is, well, who will you get that is better than Jim Harbaugh? And I would ask those fans this. What makes you think Harbaugh's good at this yeah. point? Like, we were talking about a Super Bowl he went to in 2012 in the NFL, and we're talking about the Citrus Bowl that he won in 2016 where he beat up on a, quite frankly, anemic Florida Gators squad at that point. Those are the only really things on his record at this point. And... I get it. You you can say, well, he's winning double-digit games, but that's f- fine. Double-digit doesn't really mean much in college football at the end of the day. And where Michigan wants to be is in that next echelon. Maybe you could say they're not good enough to be in that echelon. Maybe you can say that's the reality. That's the, that's the ceiling of what Michigan is. It's going to be like a Texas, or it's going to be like a Tennessee. It's just going to be always in that bridesmaid, but never a bride category. But like Texas, they're they're in denial about it. They don't want to be that way. And the money doesn't want to be that way. 
So what do you have to do? Like, I, I, if you want to stick by Harbaugh, fine. All I'll say is that his contract is up next year. I don't know if he survives this year. I think it requires him to turn things around. But even if he survives this year, next year will be the prove a year for his contract. I don't know where he goes from here. And quite frankly, I don't even know if he belongs in the college ranks right now. He's got plenty of NFL teams kind of licking their chops and really wanting him back because they think they can get that San Francisco 49ers magic back again. And maybe his style of play isn't suited for college. Maybe it's suited for the pros. Maybe he's just not good anymore. Maybe he's just lost a step or not able to put together what he wants to do at Michigan. And sometimes you just need that change of scenery. I, I, I can't sit here and think that there's not that this is the best Michigan can do. They, they, they can absolutely go out there and do better than this. Yeah, look, you talked about a couple of things right there that he is known for. The Super Bowl and the Citrus Bowl. He got the job because he was 12-1 and one at Stanford and won an Orange Bowl. And right. he has never duplicated that at Michigan. No. Ever. He, ever. he hasn't even gotten anyone close to being like Andrew Luck, which is, was his call to fame at Stanford. Correct. He has gone 10-3 and three, three times. But the thing is, so who are you going to get that's better? I promise you I can get somebody else that can do that. I, I promise you I can get somebody else that can go 9-4 and four last year and lose in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, listen, I think I've said this multiple times. Brian Kelly, he, he's from Cincinnati and before that, Central Michigan. I You can't tell me that there's not someone in the American or the MAC you can look at. They may not be a Michigan man, but they're more than qualified to take over a, a program like Michigan. Could be Lincoln Riley, too. I know a lot of people throw his name around. It's just a matter of how appealing that job is and who you can get and just how far you can take. But at this point, maybe he, maybe Harbaugh is a good coach, but honestly, it's almost it's time for a scene change in Ann Arbor. Some, sometimes it's just not working out. It happens. It happens. Sometimes it's just a mismatch between program and coach. And after five years, sometimes you just got – it's like when Doc Rivers – Doc Rivers is a fantastic coach. He lost the Clippers job. Sometimes yeah. it's just time for a change of scenery. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with that a million percent. Who's the best quarterback he's had? Wilson Spate? That's not good yeah, enough. It was either Wilton Spate or Shea? Milton right now, but Milton's at least a year away. I remember how Shea Patterson was supposed to have him somewhere oh, last man. year. Not so much. <laughs> not so much. It's no, no good right now in Ann Arbor at all. And I can't even imagine what those fans are thinking on a week-to-week basis over the last 14 days. Jason Martin Show, presented by Geico in the Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll be back on the other side. If you have thoughts, you can tweet me at jmartradio, 877-99 on Fox. is how you reach the program. That was the main takeaway is, boy, Jim Harbaugh was happy watching that Notre Dame thing because that sucked up a lot of the attention that otherwise would have been focused directly on the futility in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We'll be right back on Fox Sports Radio. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, 
bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. We're hanging out in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios on the Jason Martin Show. Crew is in L.A. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome back. We are indeed brought to you by Geico. It's been all college this hour. We'll start bridging into the pro game next hour. A little bit more for Michigan. After the game, Jim Harbaugh said that they're close. Close to what, coach? Personal feeling is we're close to doing it. You see it done in practice. You see it happening. Then it's going to take the next step. It's got to take the next step of happening in the games. There's guys that are doing it in the games, and others will get it, and you just keep coaching. Believes, this per ESPN, believes his players need to trust their technique, trust their fundamentals, and trust their innate ability in games. Knows the results haven't shown it, and the product on the field doesn't show evidence of this team being close. But he believes there's a disconnect from what his team does in practice and in games. What? Again, I, when you lose like this and you're one and two, I don't know what you're supposed to say, but I can't imagine Michigan fans want to hear we're close. I feel like that's a that's a tough one. 
this is a team where the defense over the past two games has given up over 900 yards of offense. 449 yards to Michigan State, who Michigan State, by the way, before that game, had lost to Rutgers and gave up 460 to Indiana. And this Indiana team and the defense that they put on Michigan, that Indiana team, that defense got chewed up and spit out by Penn State in the game that they did lose, meaning Penn State, because of the Penix Jr. stretch and the instant replay and all that deal. But that took overtime. Penn State just annihilated them offensively. It was able to just do whatever they wanted, going up and down the field for the most part. That was a shootout. So it's not like Indiana's defense is Ohio State here. That's unbelievable. Or Georgia, at least the way Georgia used to look. This is a, a Michigan team that could not move the football on them that ran for less than 30 yards, I believe it was, in the game. Wilson looked decent enough, but that's just not good enough. This was a 24-game win streak against Indiana snapped. And they've lost now to Michigan State and Indiana with Ohio State and Penn State still on the schedule. And Harbaugh says, we're close. It's working in practice, just not in games. Well, Coach, I don't know how to tell you this, but if you can't make it work in the games, they're not paying for it to work in practice. Ask Allen Iverson all about it. Practice is nice, but I've I, I've been on I've been at NFL training camps and I've watched guys that looked amazing in practice. I've gone on the radio and talked about what great seasons they're going to have, and they end up getting cut before the first game because of how they look in preseason because they can't make it work on the field when there's another team out there. That's good that things are looking good in practice, not translating to the game. Then that needs to translate to a pink slip, my friend. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I am saying Jim Harbaugh knows in the back of his head he'd better turn this around quick. Hour number two of the program, Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. Glad to have you with us wherever you happen to be. We are live in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Thrilled you're with us. You can find me on Twitter at JMR Radio. The show, 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369. Eric Roberts, Chris Perfett, Kevin Figures, Molly Wapped, Brian Finley, and took him out for the week. I wonder if that's because Finley had a bad week in the uh, NFL predictions. We'll do it. We do it in the third hour every week, and we'll find out how we did last week, and we'll see if Figures wants to step in. I don't know how Finley did. I don't know how I did either. I'm not, not totally sure about it. A lot of college football in that first hour. I want to talk about some wide receivers right now. <laughs> Uh, because there's a Sunday night game with the Saints and Bucks that is fascinating because Michael Thomas is coming back, it looks like. And that's not even the story. The story is Antonio Brown on the field for Tampa Bay. And what that could look like. Arian says 15 to 35 snaps, perhaps. When he played with the Patriots in that one game with Brady, he had a touchdown in 56 yards. He was targeted eight times in that game, had four catches. Michael Thomas hasn't played since the high ankle sprain in the first week of the season. He's made news of the weird variety in terms of just some things that have happened, some discipline things. 
and then coming back from the injury as well. But this is a race for the NFC South, which makes it really interesting. There's just a lot of there's a lot of big names in that Sunday night matchup. Last week, the primetime slate on Monday, Sunday night, just bad games. But this, you've got Drew Brees and Tom Brady, Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, two football teams with potential Super Bowl aspirations in the NFC, especially if you look at Green Bay not making a move at the trade deadline. You want to talk about another receiver, Devontae Adams making news for just agreeing with a reporter asking a question as to whether or not it's fair to call him the best receiver in football. By the way, I don't think he's wrong. I think you can make an argument for a number of guys, but I definitely think Devontae Adams is a guy you can make that argument with. Maybe not a number of guys, but two or three guys, and he's one of them. But this is a glitzy Sunday night matchup. The Bucks, it wouldn't otherwise be, but A.B. coming back, Brady at an MVP level, just the storyline there of A.B. living in his house. Rob Gronkowski, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees. That's a tremendously entertaining, pretty much must-watch experience coming up on Sunday. 6-2 and two versus 5-2. and two. But when you add those names to it, that just adds a little bit extra to it. Thomas is questionable, but he's going to play. That's what Diana Rossini, at least that's what she said. Which is not a joke, but yes, sounded like one. So that's two receivers I wanted to talk about. The third one may be even more interesting. It has been 1,043 days. December the 31st, 2017. Since we've seen Des Bryant in an NFL game. The Ravens called him up from the practice squad. He's expected to play today against Indianapolis. And that's an important football game. That's two teams. The Colts are tied in the AFC South. They'll play the Titans on Thursday night. Titans against the Bears. If the Colts were to win, Titans win, then that Thursday night matchup becomes huge. But they play the Titans twice in the next month. Looks like the Texans and Jags are who are playing on Sunday are just kind of playing football, but they're not going to be heard from. But this Ravens team coming off the Steelers loss, but their only losses are, are to really good teams. Kansas City and an undefeated Steelers team. But the Colts, a great defensive team. And we don't know what you get from Rivers from week to week, but here's Lamar Jackson who has struggled. Let's just be real. What he did last year wasn't something he was necessarily going to duplicate, but he's not an elite passer. I'm not saying he can't throw. This is not the Tim Tebow argument. This is simply, he's not that precise, he's not that accurate, and he doesn't have a ton of weapons around him to help him in that regard. He even said last week, I've got to find a way to get the ball to Marquise Brown, to Hollywood Brown better. I think he looks at Hollywood Brown in a way that I don't. I don't think that Hollywood Brown is a wide receiver one. I think he's a one slash two, which means he's like a 1.5 at best. He's not the A guy, but he's like an A minus or a B plus. And then there's Andrews at tight end, but they're just not loaded with talent. 
in the receiving core. And he's a guy that needs that, I think, because he can definitely dominate you if you give him a fleet of weapons. But he doesn't have try uh you know, he doesn't have Tyreek Hill or McCole Hardman and uh Kelsey and Clyde Edwards Alaire and all this. He's got J.K. Dobbins. That's I think that's imp- increasingly gonna be a good thing. J.K. Dobbins looks like he's going to be very good in that role. Maybe he's just going to finally just take that job from Ingram. But Des Bryant, 531 career receptions, but he's missed two years. He can become the second Pro Bowl wideout to miss two years and then return to the NFL since the 1970 merger. That's for Elias Sports. Josh Gordon was the first one that did it. He did it in 2017. Now, I don't know. I'm not saying Des Bryant's coming in to be your number one either. I'm saying that this is really intriguing stuff. On Sunday, you're going to see Des Bryant and Antonio Brown in uniform, likely both on the field, performing at wide receiver in legit NFL games with major implications. You don't have to sell me on watching this. This is not Ravens against the Jets. It's Ravens against the Colts. And this is not Tampa Bay against the Giants. I just named both New York teams. I'll I'll change that. This is not Tampa Bay against Washington. It's Tampa Bay against New Orleans. It's... If you didn't like the slate of games last week, overall, there's a few very, very tasty matchups to watch this week. Very, very much so. I don't know what to expect from AB, but I tend to think he will do something. He caught a touchdown in his one game as a Patriot. I could easily see him catching a touchdown in this game. He is a post-route master, and Tom Brady's throwing more post-routes this year than he has in his entire career because of the uh, the uh, Bruce Arians offense and the talent that they have down there with Evans and Godwin and those guys, guys that can actually just do it. Michael Thomas, as long as he's healthy, you know what you're going to get from him. Des Bryant, I got no clue. But when they signed him and he was put on the practice squad, if he was good at all, you know he was going to get on the field because this is a team that just does not have a stacked wide receiving room. So all he really had to do was show that he could still move and he was going to get an opportunity. And I'm sure he's hungry and he badly wants this to work. And the Ravens badly need this to work. The Saints defense can be had, so A.B. knows this might be a a perfect spot for him to debut. Then they play Carolina, then they play the Rams, and then they play Kansas City. That's their next four games in Tampa Bay. And I know there's the joke out there about, will Antonio Brown be here in a month? And I understand that. But the one thing I've said before is, yeah, I got my jollies for a little while, like everybody else on Twitter with memes and joking around about AB and having fun with this. And then I started to realize maybe this isn't funny. I kind of just want this guy to 
succeed in his life. Maybe he doesn't need to play football anymore, but I just hope he finds what he's looking for. And what I heard from him this week, I'm going to give that statement the benefit of the doubt and hope it's true. Just saying he's a better person now. He's in a better place now. I have no clue, to be honest. But I'm going to root for that statement to be true. The NFL is better with Antonio Brown balling. The NFL is certainly better with Michael Thomas on the field balling. The NFL is better, most likely, if Des Bryant can still ball. And we don't even mention Devontae Adams. He just kind of got mentioned in this segment, even though he wasn't planned. He got mentioned just because we were talking about playoff contenders and the fact that the Packers didn't make a move to bring in Will Fuller, for example. And it seemed, watching them last week, that most people began to think, okay, well, the Packers are not a Super Bowl team. The NFC is a little thinner than we think. I think it might be a little bit more wide open. But once you get past, because I, I like Seattle, you believe in, and then where are you? You start to look at teams, you're like, okay, well, pretty good, but they can be beat. Green Bay, okay, they can be beat. Tampa Bay has lost two games. They didn't look great against the Giants on Thursday night football after the big win against Green Bay and then beating the Raiders by 25. But they lost to Chicago. They lost to Chicago 20-19. to I don't think Chicago is very good. And they've already lost to New Orleans in the first game when everybody was playing. Well, that was, of course, before the A-B signing, yes. Are they good? I think so. I had them in my top five this week. I think I had them fourth, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe third. I think it's fourth, because I still had Seattle above them. But it's kind of thin after that. Like, New Orleans is there, but they're kind of flawed, and I still don't know if Drew Brees is that great anymore. What's Michael Thomas going to do for that? A lot, because he gets open. He's not a giant speedster, but he just has a knack for making plays and catching everything that's thrown to him. These dudes are playmakers. A.B., Thomas. That's a Sunday night matchup we're all going to be excited about. No question about that. So I talked about some wide receivers in this segment. Next, I want to talk about what happened last week between the Patriots and the Bills. And that is a discussion about quarterbacks. And that's a discussion about one quarterback in particular. And what we've seen and what it says. I do want to talk a little bit about the rookies and some other things that we're seeing, but up next we got to talk about this Cam Newton thing because it's eye-opening. What was said about Cam Newton after the first game of the season and what is being said about Cam Newton right now. And all of it, I think what was said early may have been legit, but what's being said right now is absolutely legit on the field. And the question is, how does Cam respond to this? Because he's never been a guy that's responded to this kind of thing particularly well, has he? I'm on Twitter at JMR Radio. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Tons more to get to on the show. Up next, what is going on with Cam? What is going on with the Patriots? And... Has the dynasty in New England officially come to an end? That's next on Fox Sports Radio.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. What's up? Little Pearl Jam, little even flow. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing, too. Having a home, that's hard work. Go to geico.com, get a quote, see how much you could save. Geico.com. It's just easy. I'm Jason Martin. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm on Twitter at Radio. The Patriots are 2-5. and five. And really, they don't deserve to be talked about all that much. And they have all these primetime games coming up because they're the Patriots, and I thought that that was going to be a good thing, but it's really not. I thought I understood the reasoning for it, but... mm. And they had these scheduled before Cam Newton was there. 
But this is less, well, maybe it's more discussion about the Patriots than we think, but it's definitely a discussion about Cam Newton because after the first game of the season, it was singing Cam Newton's praises. They beat the Dolphins 21-11, to and then they had that great Sunday night game. That was a tremendous football game in Seattle, and they lost 35-30. to Since that point, they beat the Raiders 36-20. Then they have lost to Kansas City, lost to a bad Denver team, lost to San Francisco by 27 points, and then lost to Buffalo, who should go on to win the AFC East. Now 6-2 and two are the Bills. The Dolphins are, are kind of nipping to the heels of 4-3, and three, but they're going to have the ups and downs of a new rookie quarterback and just not having a ton of talent yet. And then there's the Patriots, and then there's that fourth team in the league that we we won't discuss, at least right now. Cam Newton has 1,143 passing yards on the season. You know how many touchdowns he has? Two. 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 I felt that needed to be said three different times. Where is he statistically right now? Well, he's 28th in the league in yards. At 11.43. He has two touchdowns. You know how many interceptions he has? Seven. He is a minus five in a touchdown to interception ratio right now as quarterback. He has a 73 passer rating and a 45 QBR right now. I don't have his DVOA in front of me. Or any of the other advanced statistics. 66% completions. It's actually not bad, especially for him. 103 of 156. But this is a bad football team. And when we were watching Cam Newton during the offseason, because I came on these airwaves and I thought after he went down last season and what we witnessed after that, that Cam Newton might be about set to exit stage left and move to the next phase of his career, which should be moving directly into some studio somewhere to wear a suit and talk. If he wants to, and maybe he wants to do something else, but I think he's got a real good future in the public eye as a media personality. And I thought maybe he was going to go ahead and jumpstart that And then you see the videos. He's working hard. He wants to get back. He's made a decent amount of money in this league. So, And last I checked it, this wasn't an Adrian Peterson situation where he suited up for Detroit less for love of the game. And maybe he still loves the game, so maybe that's unfair of me. But uh, one of the reasons is because he's bankrupt and he still owes money to creditors. So he needed that extra seven-figure income this year to continue along that pathway, which is real. just, Just a sad story for AP. But Cam, as far as I know, wasn't in that boat. And he worked hard, and we saw the private workout videos even during COVID, and he gets signed in a very low-risk situation by the Patriots. And so they go and they win that first game against Miami, and then they compete hard against Seattle, and then everybody jumps on this bandwagon about how the Patriots are still good because Cam Newton has given Bill Belichick what he's always wanted at quarterback, which I thought was insane. Not that Cam Newton 
may not have been something Bill Belichick would have liked to mold, but that he had never had what he wanted at quarterback. That was just a bogus narrative. That's whatever the Tom Brady hate that might be out there, that was it. in On full display. Tom Brady, who in Tampa Bay is fifth in the league in yards and has thrown 20 touchdowns to four interceptions. So he's thrown 18 more touchdowns and three less interceptions than Cam Newton has. And now Newton may be hurt again, but it all kind of came to a head last week in a game where the Patriots were, were, look, the Bills haven't looked particularly good in the last two weeks, even though they've escaped. It's like six field goals to beat the Jets. And then they escape New England because, of all things, driving for a tying field goal to send it to overtime, Cam Newton has the ball stripped out of his hands on a run, fumbles it away. They lose the game because of the lost fumble. One of the most unpatriots things you will ever see. So is this more about Cam... Or is it more about the weapons around him or lack thereof? Because this Patriots roster is not good. Now, it's good against the rest of everybody that plays football on lower levels and all that kind of stuff. But on an NFL scale, and that's how we have to measure these things, there's just not much there, and if you, especially if you take Edelman out. But Edelman has played for a long, long time. And outside of that, Nikhil Harry, let's just say the Patriots probably wish they had drafted DK Metcalf or A.J. Brown or a couple of other talented wide receivers that went out of that draft. There's just not much there. So what is Cam supposed to do? I thought it might work out better because he was used to not having a ton of offense around him and having to do a lot on his own in Carolina. But as his age, battered as he might be, how capable was he going to be? How would his body hold up? But the other side to Cam Newton is always the mental side, and it is, it's not as much about his body as it is about his mindset. This is a guy that gets so down when it comes to losses. He gets down on himself. You ever watch him in press conferences after a loss? I don't think he seems quite as forlorn this year as he has in the past, but that Super Bowl, when when they lost to Denver, and that postgame afterwards that was the subject of a ton of scrutiny, I thought some of that was a little much. But it did give you a window into Cam Newton in terms of how hard he takes losing because he's just not used to it. It didn't happen to him at Auburn. And then he had a you know 15-win season, an MVP season, and then he got absolutely brutalized by the Denver Broncos. They got dominated in that game. And he's really never been the same since except for one half of a season a couple of years ago. But the reason why... The Patriots were able to snag Cam Newton when they were. It's because a lot of other teams just weren't in a hurry to sign him in a league that needs depth at quarterback, especially this year more than any year, maybe in memory because of COVID. Because you're one positive test from a QB away from a really bad situation with a backup having to start an NFL game in a crucial spot. But Cam's averaging 190 passing yards a game. Is it the Patriots or is it Cam? I I thought he was set to play Andrew Luck again. I thought he was going to retire. I thought he would just move on because he wouldn't be a backup. And he's not. 
But right now, he's barely a starting quarterback. The guy's in the top from 20 to 30 right now in yards. And I know yards is not everything. Justin Herbert is 20th, and we're all singing his praises, and deservedly so. Daniel Jones is 21st. Kirk Cousins is 22nd. Then you got Roethlisberger, which is just interesting. Then it's Fitzpatrick in Miami, who is not the quarterback there. Baker Mayfield, who Terry Bradshaw doesn't like. Nick Foles, who still has the best Halloween costume in the NFL, that of a starting quarterback, when we all know he's a backup underneath that mask. Lamar Jackson, who we already discussed, passing-wise, he's not one of the upper echelon guys, at least right now, not with the weapons around him. And then you get to Cam. Directly beneath him, Nick Mullins, who was brutal on Thursday. Jimmy Garoppolo, who I've never thought was particularly good. And Sam Darnold, who he plays for the New York Jets. And then you got Haskins, Locke, Trubisky, Kyle Allen, Andy Dalton, blah, blah, blah. But of those of that list, I didn't name a whole lot of impressive guys, and Cam Newton's barely even in that top 30. And of all those guys, they've all thrown at least... Three touchdowns. Sam Darnold has three touchdowns. He's right outside the top 30. But of everybody else in the top 30, they've thrown at least five. And I'm looking to see how many of them have more interceptions than touchdowns. And that would be one other guy. Daniel Jones has seven touchdowns and nine interceptions. Everybody else, Herbert, 15 to 5. Kirk Cousins 12 to 10, Roethlisberger 15 to 4, Fitzpatrick 10 to 7, Baker Mayfield 15 to 7, Nick Foles 8 to 7, Lamar Jackson 12 to 4, Nick Mullins 5 to 4, Jimmy Garoppolo 7 to 5, and then Cam Newton 2 to 7. It's real easy right now to do the Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady discussion. I I can't do it just yet. I don't even think it's fair at this point. I think what is more fair is just to realize that Tom Brady is an incredibly smart, savvy individual. Because although I do think he left because of a lack of respect and just being tired of being tired, being tired of just whatever had fractured in the relationship between him and Bill Belichick, And everything being so hard. The other thing, and this isn't the thing that he was going to say out loud, but it's the thing that increasingly seems obvious, is he knew that was not a good football team. And it wasn't going to be a good football team. And if I'm going to play at age 43, I'd better be playing for a good football team or I'm just being foolish. Even Giselle at home is probably like, yeah, your guys are not that good anymore. We saw it last year against Tennessee. So Tom Brady exits to go to the NFC South, to go to Tampa Bay. Young studs at wide out. Godwin, Mike Evans, obviously. This is before you know an AB is going to happen, or even maybe a Gronkowski is going to happen. And that was going to take time. But you had another talented tight end down there in Howard who got hurt, unfortunately. Even before they were bringing in guys, he knew he was going to a team that had potential. 
and also had, if he was able to do what he was able to do and get to the playoffs with the roster that they had last year offensively, what was he going to be able to do being given weapons the likes of which he had not had since the glory days in New England, those few years when there was Moss out there and Welker and that kind of group? What was he going to do then? The Cam question, I don't know that we can answer yet, but I don't I don't know how much he has left, and I don't know how much his mind is going to stay with him in terms of wanting to play this game if it continues to go in this way. But the Belichick discussion is different because I still believe Belichick might be the greatest coach to ever do this. I don't think this hurts his legacy at all. It does show that no matter how great a football coach you are, it is just as much about the Jimmys and the Joes as it is about the X's and O's. At least if you don't have at least moderate talent, it doesn't matter how great a coach you are. How many wins is that going to be worth to you? Maybe a couple. But the Patriots are not good right now, and Cam Newton is not good right now. Brady went to a good situation. A coach that also sees, you know, this is probably near the end of my career too, just like Tom. We got a couple of cracks at this, so let's go do it. And think about the malleable nature of Bruce Arians right now. Bruce Arians, who in the offseason said, basically, we don't want A.B., I don't like A.B. He didn't say it that way, but that's basically what he said. He knew him in Pittsburgh. He watched his act in Pittsburgh. He didn't want any part of that. He's not a fit on our team. Well, he's playing today in Tampa Bay. He's playing tonight against the Saints. Why did that happen? Because Tom Brady gets listened to. And Tom Brady did like Antonio Brown. They got along in New England for that couple of weeks. He was able to make that work. Where almost nobody else seemingly could at the time. Because that was Antonio Brown at his wildest, it appeared. But he's there. Why is he there? Because Bruce Arians listened to Tom Brady. And probably somebody above Bruce Arians also listened to Tom Brady. And now we see what that ends up being. But Brady's just got loaded talent all around him, and we already knew how good he was. But I don't know what to say other than when you watch Cam Newton right now, or whoever is a quarterback of New England playing right now, you recognize just how otherworldly Tom Brady might actually be to have done what he did in those last few years in New England. And at the same time, what a great coach Bill Belichick was. But Belichick's still doing all the same thing. He's still the same coach. That team's just not good. And all the scheme in the world's not going to overcome that kind of deficiency of talent. So, the question, is the Patriots' dynasty a wrap? I tend to think we've seen the end of it. I guess you could be one quarterback away. But there still has to be some people to throw to. And right now, there's absolutely not. There are some big issues. Surgery needs to be done on that offense in particular. Or the Patriots are just not going to be heard from again. 
And that seems unthinkable, but eventually all good things do have to come to an end. All right, Kevin Figures out in Los Angeles has the latest on the world of sports. Let's get uh, let's get and find out what's trending right now. All right, Jason, the Fighting Irish Notre Dame won the game of the year in college football Saturday night, 47-40, to the double overtime victory for the Tigers. Excuse me, for the Irish, the Tigers quarterback, DJ Ayungalele, did pass for over 400 yards and two scores. But Notre Dame outrushed Clemson 209 yards to just 34 and also forced three turnovers. It's the First win over a number one ranked team for Notre Dame since 1993, and they improved to 7-0. Other results from the top 10 saw third-ranked Ohio State trounce Rutgers 49-27. Justin Fields, four touchdown passes. Eighth-ranked Florida with a four-touchdown performance from Kyle Trask in a blowout victory over Georgia. Sixth-ranked Cincinnati undefeated. They hammered Houston. Kellen Mond with five total touchdowns, leaving seventh-ranked Texas A&M over South Carolina. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work, so get a quote at geico.com. Easy. Pac-12 action got underway on Saturday as well as 12th-ranked Oregon beat Stanford and 20th-ranked USC overcame a deficit to beat Arizona State. In the NFL, the Giants will be without receiver Golden Tate against Washington. He's being benched for disciplinary reasons. Veteran receiver Des Bryant will suit up for Baltimore as they take on Indianapolis. Back to Jason Martin. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. You heard there in that uh, update from Kevin Figures that Pac-12 finally played football. It was weird because there were no noon games in the SEC today, so I woke up and there was a little bit of Big Ten, and then there was Pac-12, and that was just strange. I wake up and it's USC Arizona State in an empty stadium and I got to say this I love Gus Johnson and I love Joel Klatt and I love those calls but I'm going to need Gus to never again in the third quarter say listen to this crowd in an empty stadium like I I can't I worked in pro wrestling for a long time believe me I can suspend my disbelief but I cannot suspend my disbelief enough to hear, listen to that crowd in the third quarter of a Pac-12 game being played in a stadium where everybody is dressed as empty seats because no one's allowed in. And I wondered if he was kidding or if it was shtick or what. But the fake crowd noise that made it seem like this was just some just otherworldly matchup and then you look at that stadium and it's empty. It's so jarring every single time. Like I like if they're close up and stuff, I can sometimes forget it. And it does kind of make things a little bit more exciting. But I can't deal with the announcers then responding to the crowd as if they're real. That said, the football game deserved a crazy crowd because the football game was very entertaining. That was fun. USC came back and scored the two touchdowns in those last few minutes. Slovis threw 55 passes in this game. 381 yards and two touchdowns, but 55 attempts. He was 40 of 55 was the SC quarterback. Compare that to Jaden Daniels, who was 11 of 23 for 134, but rushed for 111 yards. Awesome. This was a fun game. Arizona State had it, lost it. And it felt like, oh gosh, here comes the Clay Helton storyline again. But SC at least dodges it for a little while. They win the game 28-27 to because of the comeback. 
and they were 20th ranked entering, I would imagine that's not going to change all that much. Oregon got the job done in their first game as well. I continue to look at the Pac-12, though, who, just for a, just as an example, I'm looking at SC schedule. It's Arizona, it's Arizona, Utah, Colorado, Washington State, and UCLA. That's it, folks. They're playing six games. I'm sorry. Go undefeated. You're still not getting in the top four. That goes for Oregon. It goes for everybody in this conference. They're just not playing enough games. I already said this is going to be weird. It's going to be hard to pick, but I feel like the Pac-12 is just playing right now. They're playing for a Pac-12 championship. They're not playing for anything else. Like you just, it just can't be considered. I guess you can have them ranked, but you can't get them. There's a ceiling where they can't get higher than, and it's just, it's not something they can control. It's just the weirdness of the year. But it's good just to watch them play because I know that's what they wanted to do, and I know the fans wanted to see it, and I know I wanted to see it. So I'm glad that they're out there. I just think it's kind of tough. Like, how do you tell these kids, and how do you go out there and play full bowl to go undefeated, knowing that the chances that you have anything past just a regular season and whatever the Pac-12 has, and that's that's it. Like, how do you get up for that? That could become a little bit difficult. But at the same time, all you can do is what's in front of you. And if you go 6-0, and then at least you provide interesting fodder discussion and debate but I just don't think there's a way to get into the top four. I just don't. Still good that they're back on the field, though. We'll be right back. Speaking of being back on the field, we'll be back on the radio in five minutes here on Fox Sports Radio. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta. CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford 
Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I've I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Little silver chair here. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. Jason Martin here with you. Jason Martin Show. I'm on Twitter at Jmart Radio. Silver Chair, let's talk about uh, the silver helmeted Dallas Cowboys. Not a perfect segue, we'll try. Last week I asked the question whether or not it was a bigger night or more important night for Carson Wentz or Mike McCarthy. I also told you I would not watch a down of that football game. And I'm here to tell you I didn't watch a down of that football game. Dallas is playing Pittsburgh today. Pittsburgh is an undefeated team. Dallas is a, a two-win football team. Those two wins being Atlanta in a just ridiculous comeback game and the Giants. Beaten by the Rams, beaten by the Seahawks, beaten by the Browns, beaten by the Cardinals, beaten by the Washington football team, and beaten by Philadelphia. One undefeated team left in the league. And at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, in this game, I would call it pivotal, but that would be a lie. So I will not do that. The Dallas Cowboys are going to play Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert was signed off the Browns practice squad on the 12th of October. Last time he played football, you might remember, was in 2019 for the AAF the Orlando Apollos. Ben DiNucci last week, who lost the 23-9 game to the Eagles. Mike McCarthy was said, per ESPN, to quote, be determined to have a more experienced quarterback against the undefeated Steelers, unquote. Gilbert, even though he was drafted into the league in 2014 or entered the league, I actually can't remember if he was drafted or not, but he was with the Rams, and then he's been with the I think it's the, the Patriots, the Panthers, the Raiders, and the Browns. Gilbert is 2 of 6 for his career for 40 yards in 6 appearances with the Panthers and Browns. Danucci was 21 of 40 last week. McCarthy, again, for the ESPN article, McCarthy was looking for more command of the operation than what Danucci, a seventh-round pick, displayed. McCarthy said Friday of Gilbert, he's played a lot of quarterback. This guy grew up as a quarterback. His father was a quarterback. I mean, he knows how to play the position. There's no lack for confidence or know-how. Just really, it's about getting the timing and the continuity in order as far as running the offense. So, yes, I find him to have a lot of confidence. He's been like that since the day he arrived. Six career passing attempts, Mike. Six. Six. 
third time in Cowboys history they have rolled out four quarterbacks in the same season. Perhaps you remember 2015 when it was Romo, Matt Castle, Brandon Whedon, and Kellen Moore, who's now on the sidelines of the Cowboys. And in 01, Quincy Carter, Anthony Wright, Clint Sterner, and Ryan Leaf. And this year, Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton, Garrett Gilbert, and Ben DiNucci. This is what has happened to the Dallas Cowboys. Two and six. Third somehow in the NFC East, even at that record, which shows just how absolutely pathetic the NFC East is. The undefeated Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback against Garrett Gilbert. Has there ever been a bigger mismatch on paper than this? This is two like elite glitzy franchises, the Steelers and the Cowboys. But you got to be kidding me, folks. Tank, Cowboys. Tank. Get yourself another quarterback. Goodness gracious. Third hour of the program. Welcome back. Or welcome if you're just waking up. Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. It's the third hour of the show, which means coming up next segment and throughout the rest of the show, we will break down every single game, predict them top to bottom, and find out how we did and see how we look overall. We are live. We're brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. I'm on Twitter at Jmart Radio. You can find me there. Interesting times for quarterbacks. I was looking at a couple of stats during the break and just a couple of numbers. When I was going through the talk about Cam Newton in the last hour and where he finds himself tied for 28th in yards, two touchdowns, seven interceptions. I started at 20 in terms of yards and just kind of showed you the company Cam Newton is is in right now. Justin Herbert was 20th, and that kind of got me thinking about this, about the rookie quarterbacks in the league this year. Herbert is like narrowly, I believe, a betting favorite over Joe Burrow right now for rookie of the year at the midpoint in terms of the quarterback race. But you've got Herbert third or Herbert 20th in yards where Burrow is third, 22-72. They beat the Titans on Sunday, which led to Vic Beasley losing a job, Jonathan Joseph losing a job, uh, Titans signing or bringing in Desmond King, making a trade for Desmond King from from, uh, Los Angeles. But it was interesting to listen to the response. I was listening to the Athletics NFL show a week ago after the game when they do their recap show. And the hosts on that show, Robert Mays and Nate Tice, both agreed that what you found out from Joe Burrow so far this season is that I think the the nickname that Tice gave for him is Dak Pennington. In that he's a winner but he has a noodle arm, like Chad Pennington did. That It shows the difference between college and the pros, where it looked like Burrow did have a fantastic arm at LSU, and now you're not seeing it. That was not the, the conversation I was expecting them to have after the day that Burrow had against Tennessee in that win over a one-loss football team that now really needs a win today against Chicago. Two teams, really, that need a win here in Nashville later on today. But no, it was that Burrow doesn't have an elite arm. He does not have an arm. He does not have a cannon like some of these young guys in the league do. 
And then they were saying, but we still think he's going to be a very good player. But there's a but there. And watching Justin Herbert, I've tried to listen to people explain why is this guy doing what he's doing in such a different way than he did at Oregon. Now, he was great at Oregon, but you didn't see this level of aggressiveness from Justin Herbert, I guess is the way I would put it. I I said last week, I am just, I love watching him play. Now, he played against my team last week, and we were able to come back and win that game, which I certainly didn't see happening. But Justin Herbert is just, I think the best possible thing, I was looking at the draft order, the projected 2021 draft order right now has the Chargers picking at 7, the Bengals picking at 8, and the Dolphins, because of a trade with Houston, you know, the Laramie Tunsil deal, the Dolphins have the 6th pick right now, even though they're a 4-3 and three team. Can you think of something better, if you were a fan of those three teams in particular, to have Tua, to have Justin Herbert, and to have Joe Burrow, and to also have top 10 draft picks coming up, at least if things stand right now. Like, the best possible result for your fan of those teams, I think, is that you know you have your guy at the most important position in all of pro sports in America. And you have a draft pick that's high enough that it's going to be able to bring in somebody that should have almost immediate impact and make you better. You got your quarterback. It's not about winning this year. It never was. Cincinnati wasn't going 10 and 6. They weren't going 12 and 4. The question was was Joe Burrow going to look the part from week one and from week one to week whatever we end up with the finishing week of this season being? Was there going to be progress shown? At midseason, were you going to have seen more? Well, I talked to the Bengals play-by-play guy last week here in Nashville on my morning radio show, and he said, yeah, you can see it week to week. He's getting better. He's learning more. He's getting more comfortable. You know that if you're watching in L.A. what Justin Herbert is doing. They've got their quarterback of the future. And the answer to the question and what I was listening to about the difference between Justin Herbert at Oregon and Justin Herbert with the Chargers is they've given him the full green light to just go out there and make plays. Go be aggressive. Go throw it. Go sling it. And that's not really the way it was at Oregon. It was a lot. It was just different. So Justin Herbert is just being given carte blanche to go out there and do it, and we're seeing what that looks like. And what it looks like is perhaps a franchise quarterback. But they're 2-5. and five. But it's not about that. They're not going 10-6. and six. They're not going 11-5. and five. Miami's 4-3, and three, right? And it's the Bills up top. Every Bills fan is waiting for that to become closer. I don't think that it's going to. I still think Miami doesn't have quite enough. Tua last week against the Rams, it's not like it was anything great, but what the Miami what the Miami defense was able to do against the Rams still put them in a solid position. But the best thing that you could possibly want is to have a top 10 draft pick and to have gotten your quarterback last year. These are three bad teams. These are three teams that just, it didn't click. Chargers were supposed to be better last year, but Rivers fell off a cliff. And they had injuries, and it just it wasn't happening. 
Miami was going in the wrong direction. It felt like Brian Flores. We were even saying, we were just like, oh, I feel so sorry for Brian Flores. He didn't feel sorry for himself. That team played their guts out in the last month and a half of the season, regardless of what anybody else thought. And now they've got Tua. And in Cincinnati is the joke of the league. And they've got Joe Burrow. And this is not a Keeley Smith. This is the best quarterback they've had since Boomer, probably. I mean, we don't know. It's still very early. But if everything goes according to plan, and you're already seeing enough to know, this guy's going to be around for a while. That's what shocked me about that the storyline coming out of that being he doesn't have a giant arm. It's like, whoa, really? Is that what we're talking about? Caught me off guard. But number six, number seven, number eight in draft order. Above them, the Falcons, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. Five teams that right now don't really have quarterbacks. Maybe Darnold. But the Jets would take the first pick right now. They're going to take Lawrence, unless they trade out. And that would be the the dumbest thing ever. The Jaguars have Minshew. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick 2.0. The Giants have Daniel Jones. Make some plays, make some mistakes. Dallas, they've got Dak, but we don't know what Dak's going to be after this injury. And Atlanta's got Matt Ryan, and that's a trendy, hey, can we get him to a, a contending team somewhere else because it might be time for a change of scenery. And then you've got these three teams with the three rookie quarterbacks. At 6, 7, and 8, if the season ended right now. Then beneath them, you've got Detroit and Carolina rounding out your top 10. What a great position to be in for those three organizations to potentially get a high draft pick to make you better when you already realize you don't have to go draft a quarterback this year. Tua, we haven't seen enough in the NFL yet, but... You feel like you've got that guy. That's that's what you believe if you're in Miami right now. Herbert and Burrow, I think we have seen enough right now to say, yeah, those guys have got a future in this league. Doesn't that seem like a good spot to be in? It's not about being 11-5 this year. It's about guys showing progress and proving they can be the guy and then being in a position based on a bad record to still go out and do work because it's not because of Justin Herbert that the Chargers are losing it's not because of Joe Burrow that the Bengals are losing and again the Dolphins actually are over 500 but they have a pick from a 1 and 6 Houston Texans team so stop and think about that as you're watching these games today watching these rookie quarterbacks and these teams and just say man Imagine what they could look like with people around them. And then realize that, at least right now as it stands, that's three teams that could have top ten draft picks. That might be pretty interesting. When we come back, we'll see what those three teams are doing, as well as the rest of the teams in the NFL, as we do what we do in the third hour every single week during the NFL season. We break down all of these games top to bottom before we do it we'll find out exactly what our record was last week whether or not anybody struggled i still don't think we've had anybody under 500 yet it may have happened one time and we'll see if we can convince figures to step in for finley and i'm still wondering if finley is out because of struggles last week and not wanting to face the music this is the guy that took the jets two weeks ago that's a thing that actually happened on this radio station. I kid, I kid. I'm on Twitter at Jmart Radio. The NFL schedule predictions 
for week nine coming up next don't go anywhere it's one of our favorite times of the week each week during the nfl season we'll do it next on fox sports radio BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta. CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios. I don't know if you are a homeowner or a home renter, but you do one or the other. And fortunately, whichever one, whichever category you find yourself in, Geico makes it easy. They make it easy to bundle your home and car insurance, which is a great thing. Having a home is hard work, so Geico is going to take a little bit off your plate. Go to Geico.com, get yourself a quote, see how much you could save. Do it right now. Geico.com. It is easy. All right. Before we move into predictions... For week nine, luckily we don't have to predict Green Bay at San Francisco. Luckily, we didn't have to watch much of that game either. All right, Chris, how did we do last week? Well, we were wondering whether or not Fenley uh, was, you know, 
in hiding for his yeah. record. I think it more just be a uh, in a prolonged victory lap. He went eleven oh, and no. three. He oh, went no. eleven and three last week. His only wow. losses coming on. Let me pull up the spreadsheet here. He had the Detroit and Indianapolis game wrong. He had Tennessee and Cincinnati wrong, which granted we all did. Yes, and we all had Chargers at Denver wrong. Mm. You went seven and six. So oh still my gosh! Week you and Eric Roberts both went seven and six. I have finally taken an L. I went six and seven. Oh no! I don't even know how I went six and seven. I'm looking at some of these and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I had Miami. Why did I have the Rams? And but yeah, no excuse. I'm I'm I I finally take the losing record so here we are seven and six six and seven seven and six oh and kevin figures inherits an 11 three record wow clanger from my head i like it 11 and three really <laughs> finley yeah i don't know how i really don't i feel like he he trolls with half of his picks i feel like this is some fake news going on here but he was the only one that had vegas over cleveland Wow, eleven to three. Is that the best anybody's done so far this year, or has somebody else done eleven to three? Uh, I think Eric Roberts. You, you I went, may have had one. You had. You went eleven and two. I, and Jason, you went. I think eleven and three. Okay, back, I've done it back right. a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, seven and six is no no bueno. Six and seven, no bueno. Let's see if we can make it a little bit better as we begin the week nine NFL predictions. There we go. Bed music underneath. Now we're set. Denver at Atlanta. Barn burner here. That's that's my Broncos. Against Atlanta, I have no daggone idea. It's at Atlanta, right? Denver's defense is still not very good because they're still banged up in a lot of key spots. It's Atlanta. How good do you feel about taking Atlanta? I'm going to take Atlanta because it's Denver coming west to east. They're going to play inside. I just think there's probably too many weapons. Just a terrible game that none of us are going to watch. I'll take the Falcons. I'll go the opposite way on this. I think I will take the Broncos. uh, Pulling out late there against a much better team you got some heart some grit can't say the same about atlanta give me the broncos yeah i'm gonna go with atlanta just because they can put up a lot of points they have put up a lot of points so i'm yeah i just think it'll come firepower versus no firepower i mean you got drew lock on the other side i'm i'm hoping julio jones calvin ridley i think he's playing you know i hope and you know matt ryan and company can at least figure it out against drew lock and the broncos yeah, last check, Calvin really is expected to play. So for that very reason, the offensive firepower for Atlanta, Denver, not the Denver Broncos we're used to seeing. So I'm also going to take the home team, the Atlanta Falcons. All right, you know what's interesting? I haven't really thought about this, but the update anchors, they should have an advantage because they have to know all the news. Like the way that he just broke that out right there, maybe we need to like re- re-look at Brian Fenley. <laughs> overall He's because he might information have information yeah yeah there's possible there's things that we don't know because the injury report usually comes out during the show and some of that stuff that i see but i'm also trying to host a radio show here all he's doing is sitting down there writing stuff down on a notebook pad and putting together his picks and then ending up 11 and 3 but i digress seattle at buffalo now here's a nice matchup problem is the bills against good teams it's not been that great but this is definitely a west to east thing this is far west to far east at noon or one o'clock eastern time it's noon here this is a tough one to call for me but i'm gonna take seattle because i watched what dk metcalf did last week and what tyler lockett unfortunately didn't do for my fantasy team i feel like both of them can get involved i still just don't know what i think about josh allen against talented teams seattle's defense is not great but i still think that i like seattle better i'll take the seahawks 
I think Seattle's the more put-together team. As you say, that Wilson to Metcalf connection is something to be afraid of. And I know it's west to east, but I, I think if anyone can do it right now, it's Seattle. I know they've taken a couple lumps, but I still believe in them, and I still believe and I've got questions about what Buffalo can really accomplish because they just, when they get down, I don't really see them coming back in a game. Once they lose a lead, it's just hard for them to retake it. So I'll take Seattle here. Yeah, everybody's pointing out the, how they play against good teams, the Bills. Um, I'm worried about how they played against bad teams recently. They, good played, point. they didn't play great against the Jets. They almost lost against the, the Patriots last week. Thankfully, Cam Newton ate a Butterfingers before the game. Um, but... I'm mean, the same way, guys. DK Metcalf is a a tower back there, and the the Bills secondary has a lot of smaller. You know, they got the speedsters. Trey White isn't the biggest guy. Poyer's not the biggest guy. Um, it's Micah Hyde's not the biggest guy. So I'm just worried about sizing matchups with me uh, with the DK running those go routes. But I'm gonna go with the Bills. I'm gonna go with yeah. this is their statement. Win. Um, you know, <laughs> oh, but no, man. this was the, this was the measuring stick game when I saw the season kind of play out. Um, this is the team that kind of hasn't faded away. I mean, the 49ers was a game that I highlighted, but the Seahawks game was always the the one that I've I've wanted to see how they perform. It's you know, it's a big game. Kind of talk myself out of it, but I got to go Bills, guys. I have to do it. Yeah, you just spent a lot of time building up the Seahawks <laughs> yeah. in order to take the Bills. I, I just want to point that it. out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, going west to east is definitely a thing, and Seattle has played extremely well, but their defense overall this season has not been good. Better than not good. They have been the worst defense in the entire NFL. I think Buffalo uh, cures what ails them against uh, some poor teams the way they've performed the last couple of weeks. I think they notch a big victory against Seattle, so I'm taking Buffalo. Yeah. All say. right. all right you say seattle has the worst defense statistically i say tennessee has the worst defense in the league because when you're worst in third down historically bad in third down defense that's going to cost you a lot of games even if you're like 21st by all these other stats they're giving up over 60 percent on third downs to bad teams much less good teams chicago at tennessee Foles will play. Trubisky, last I checked, was on the West Coast getting his shoulder looked at. Tennessee makes some moves. Vic Beasley gone. Jonathan Joseph gone. Long snapper Bo Brinkley gone. Desmond King brought in to try and shore up things in the nickel. But Adoree hasn't played all year long. Adoree Jackson hasn't played. This team is not getting to the quarterback at all, and the Chicago defense is nasty. They both need a win. They both need a win badly because they both have playoff aspirations and they're in tight races. I'm going to take Tennessee. I think this has 24 to 20 written all over it. I do think Tennessee's defense will play a little bit better on this day. Also looks like Clowney's going to be out. Potentially he's going to have to have surgery we hear on Saturday. So no good right now, but I just think of all the units on the field, I like Tennessee's offense and Chicago's defense, but I just feel like Chicago's offense won't do enough to beat the Titans. I'll take Tennessee. My motto this entire year and really my entire life is never trust Chicago in anything Hmm. for any for any sport not the band no don't trust chicago unfortunately here all those injuries that you've been rattling off for a while i'm gonna do it i'll take chicago Hmm. but i don't trust them still will never trust them with my life i the the bears (laughs) the bears is just a trap i'm gonna go with tennessee i just feel like this is gonna be a late game turnover by nick Foles to seal the deal here for some reason there's gonna be a fourth quarter drive that needs to go down and it's gonna he's gonna turn it over somewhere on that drive to to seal it off so it's tennessee 
I'm with Chris. The only time you trust Chicago is that good deep dish from Lou Malnati's. Outside of that, the sports <laughs> team's not working for me. So, yeah, I'm going with the Titans here. So one for the Bears, and it's the NFC North guy that took the Bears. I don't even know if that's okay to do as a Lions fan. Baltimore at Indianapolis. So what's Des Bryant going to do? We'll see. Makes it interesting. Indianapolis will play on Thursday night against Tennessee. Be nice if both those teams won because then you'd have two six and two teams matching up in division on Thursday night football. Will you get it? Well, I already gave you half of it because I said the Titans are going to win. Indy at Baltimore. Indy's defense is nasty. They're absolutely nasty, but I still don't know about Phillip Rivers. You get the good Phillip Rivers last week. Two weeks ago, you get the bad Phillip Rivers. I feel like they're still banged up. They're still hurting. I'm not ready to bail completely on Baltimore. I think the Ravens will win this game. I think it will be a defensive game, but Lamar Jackson ought to still find some room to run in this football game. I'll take the Ravens narrowly. You're absolutely right. This is going to be a defensive game. Looking at Football Outsiders, DVOA ranks for Indianapolis defense third overall. Baltimore's defense third, uh, fifth overall. However, offensive ranks for Baltimore 20th, Indianapolis 22nd. That said, I haven't really seen much, like as much as we spout about Lamar Jackson, I don't trust him playing from behind sometimes. He, he seems to just, yeah. <laughs> So I think, you know what? It's going to sound like a shocker here, but I'm in dire straits. I need to pull ahead some way. I know that doesn't really make sense when we all get to, you know, make picks here. But I am going to take Indianapolis here. I feel like this has the makings of an upset. It's Indian in in Indianapolis. They're playing at home. I, I like the Colts in this spot. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts too. They, like you said, the defense is there. I feel like a lot of people, maybe not a lot, but I feel like a couple of teams have figured it out how to kind of contain Lamar and his running and the running game make him throw it to the outside. I feel like the Colts can do that. Phillip Rivers has, hasn't been as bad as he has been since that, what, I think he did a zero zero touchdowns, two interceptions. I think he went six and one in his last two games with touchdowns and interceptions. So I'm going to say Phillip Rivers doesn't turn the ball over as frequently as Lamar, and that's uh, Colts over the Ravens. And because of that stat you just gave, Erob, I'm going the exact opposite. <laughs> I, I have seen way too much He's of Phillip Rivers over the years. Back-to-back games where he's flawless, not happening. Against the defense <laughs> as good do. as Baltimore, not happening. And I do believe Lamar Jackson is motivated. Talked about him, uh, how much he struggled this past week. I think he's motivated to play well, as is that Baltimore defense against Phillip Rivers. So I'm taking the Ravens. By the way, Ooh. if you haven't seen Indianapolis, I believe he's a wide receiver, Neheim Hines. Yeah, oh, Neheim Hines yeah. can ball. Oh, no, running yeah. back, excuse me. But I saw him do backflips twice against the Lions last week. And all I hope is that we get more backflips out of him this week. First one was better than the second one. The second one, he didn't land perfectly. He yeah, didn't that, finish that's it off. Of, I, I've got. If I'm a coach for Indianapolis, I'd be pulling to the side. Like, of course, listen, don't ever do that yeah, again. Don't, don't do you? I can't do a cartwheel, man. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it was super impressive. No question about that. I think that point about Lamar Jackson that Kevin Figures made is crucial as well. One thing you got to love about Lamar Jackson: that dude has no problem taking responsibility when things don't go right. 
You see a lot of people pass the buck in pro sports and college sports and everything else in life. You don't see it from Lamar Jackson. That always makes me want to root for him to do well. Carolina at Kansas City. Carolina, I think, gets Christian McCaffrey back today. Unfortunately, they have to play the Kansas City Chiefs, and that doesn't go well for anybody. That's my Super Bowl pick. It was before the season. Not backing off of it. It's at Kansas City as well. Mahomes and company going to be too much for Carolina. Kansas City. That's it. Yeah. Can pass over the rest of the Pretty much. It's another week, double-digit favorites. It's pretty much will they cover at this point of their schedule. So Kansas City over the Panthers. Yep, clean sweep. What was the spread? Uh, I'm seeing 10 right now. Hmm. So they were uh, 22 weeks ago against the Jets. I think 12 against the – who did they play last week? I forget who. um, But whatever. And then 10 this week. Some team they won. Yeah, yeah the Jets was like the biggest spread ever, right? Yeah, they've covered the last two double digits. That was a 20-point spread, and they covered it. Yeah, and they're going to cover this too. Detroit at Minnesota. All right, Chris, whenever we talk Lions, I'll let you go first. I have been bringing my hands back and forth on this because I genuinely don't know. The Lions defense is good at one thing, stopping the run. What does Minnesota have? They have the run. They have Dalvin Cook, who's been good, but he hasn't really been the Dalvin Cook that we're kind of used to seeing in some games. Meanwhile, Vikings defense has been in the dump. It's been really bad this entire year. Kirk Cousins looks absolutely lost some days out there. So I really I, I really don't know what to say to it. On the other hand, they're coming off a bye and they just beat they they just beat Green Bay on their last game out. I'm still trying to figure that one out. I, I, I could really use some help to try to figure that one out because I that one left me scratching. That's an any head. given Sunday kind of situation. Is, but that's what happens in the NFC North. Weird games happen. I don't. Uh, Dalvin Cook in that game had 160 yards, so it's not even like he, he, like that's really good for Dalvin Cook, but that's not like also you're exploding there. That's just a normal 30 carries for Dalvin Cook. I don't know what to do about the Lions in this case because again they they ha- they have the ability to take away Dalvin Cook, but everything else about the Lions is looking bad. Stafford is going to come back. He is not going to miss this game on the COVID list, but on the other hand, he hasn't been practicing all week, and. I, I just don't know if I can take, take the, Lions the Vikings. Here. Chris, I, I'm take the take, Vikings. I am. I, I I have taken the Vikings elsewhere, but I will say this is also one of those games where I'm on the fence. I could see the Lions pulling it out just because of how they can take away Dalvin Cook, but ultimately Vikings. Yeah, me too. And based on what you just said, really, like I don't feel good about it. I don't think either one of these teams is particularly good. Minnesota's been a major disappointment this season. Kirk Cousins has been a major disappointment this season as well. At the same time, the Lions, anytime I pick them, I don't feel good about it. I just I have a sense Minnesota wins and I have a I have a sense that Dalvin Cook eats too. Here's the thing. The NFC North, uh, one of those wild cards is right there for the taking for the Lions, especially if Chicago loses today, which gives you should give you more reason to pick against the Lions. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, they have something to play for, so they're going to not show up. After all that, my gut feeling says the Lions, guys. So I'm going to go with Detroit. Do, so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to ride with Minnesota in this one, too. I think Dalvin Cook continues to eat, like you said there, Jason. Yep. Giants at Washington football team. Oh, Ooh. that game's actually being played. Goodness gracious, couldn't we shut this one down? Daniel Jones, who has been basically the epitome of the NFC East in one play on Thursday Night Football a couple of weeks ago. They play hard, though, and Joe Judge seems to be a coach that they like. I don't think that they're a disaster. I've heard some other Fox hosts say that as well, just in terms of that's a team that that does fight hard. Washington is an awful team. 
but it was good news with Rivera coming back and the emotional side and all that kind of stuff. I have no damn idea, quite frankly, because neither team is any good. It's at Washington, but home field advantage means next to nothing this year. This is East Coast and East Coast. I don't know. I guess I'll take New York. I think Washington's defense is decent, but I'll take the Giants, and and who cares? So here's here's where I'm at on this. Golden Tate will not be playing. Oh, this that's game. true. He yeah. has been benched because apparently uh, the coaching staff is mad at him because he was caught on camera yelling at someone, "Throw me the ball." You know what? Golden Tate's right. You should throw him the ball more yeah. often. What are you talking about? He's golden bleeping Tate. He's had an, a, an incredible career. He scores touchdowns by flipping and hitting guys in the face with his butt. Yeah, he did that against Minnesota one year in 2016. That was a Lions I, highlight, I assume. Yeah, no, that yeah. was yeah. That's exactly why I remember it. But yeah, still, right. Golden Tate is a fantastic receiver. The fact that you have just told him to go take a hike, I I can't countenance that. Give me give me Washington football team here. I've hit the point of the season with the NFC East that I just kind of root for chaos. So I'm going to root for the Giants, and I feel like they should win this game. And if they do, we're staring down the barrel of uh, what is that? Three, two and seven teams in the NFC East. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping. Cross fingers. Two and seven. Here we come, Giants. You know, Jason, you mentioned that the Washington has a decent defense. They have a really good defensive line, and Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. So just based on those two facts and not having Golden Tate, that's one less weapon that Daniel Jones has. I'm going to take Washington. Now don't bring your logic into this, figures. That's not how this works. <laughs> Houston at Jacksonville. Uh, one team is Jacksonville. The other one's Houston. Both of them are out of the race. Houston has one win. Jacksonville is no good either. I like Minshew, but I like Minshew to be Ryan Fitzpatrick 2.0. Just because Deshaun Watson is one of the players on the field in this game, I'm going to take Houston. But these are two very bad football teams. Houston got destroyed by an early schedule. They're sitting here trying to move wide receivers, but asking for a king's ransom. So they have the exact same roster they had to begin with, but I'll still take the Texans because of Deshaun Watson. I, I, I'm trying to figure out a reason why to take Jacksonville. It's just in my gut, but then I keep looking at all their defensive numbers. Yeah, I, I'll take Houston. It's Watson. That's the only reason, but it's Seriously. Watson. Yeah, very much the same. Texans, guys. Yeah, both teams are bad, but Gardner Minshew jumps up and bites you. You mentioned he's like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Once every four weeks, he can really get you in one. So I'm going to take Jacksonville because I think this is going to be one of those weeks. Eric, there was the uh, argument that you didn't make uh, from Kevin Figures. Let's stick with Kev. All right, Kev, give us one more look, if you would, uh, at the latest. Tell us what's trending in the world of sports, then we'll get back to the schedule. All right, well, yeah, plenty of action in college football Saturday night. Of course, the game of the year, number four versus number one, and it was the fourth-ranked Irish of Notre Dame upsetting top-ranked Clemson and in double overtime, 47-40. to 40. 519 yards of total offense for Notre Dame. They also forced three turnovers, getting their first victory over a number one ranked team since 1993 when they beat Florida State. Elsewhere, you had eighth ranked Florida scoring 38 of their 44 points in the first half as they would dominate Georgia 44-28. to 28. Kyle Trask, four touchdown passes for the Gators. Pac-12 schedule is underway as well. 12th ranked Oregon steamrolled Stanford 35-14. to 14. USC notching a comeback victory over Arizona State. Other ones in the top 25, Ohio State with a victory, Cincinnati, and also Liberty, who upset Virginia Tech when they were 17-point underdogs headed in. In NFL news, we mentioned it a minute ago, uh, Matthew Stafford has been removed from the COVID-19 list, may play on Sunday, hasn't been confirmed as of yet. Veteran receiver Des Bryant will play for Baltimore as they get set to face Indianapolis, and Garrett Gilbert will be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys as they take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Back to Jason Martin. 
Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. The website is geico.com. Your phone number is 1-800-947-AUTO. Only hard decision really is whether or not you want to go internet, whether or not you want to go phone. Uh, Either way, it will be a good decision. Okay. we still got five games to go, so let's see if we can get a couple more in before we get to the break. Raiders at Chargers. Interesting. The Chargers came from ahead to lose last week, but Justin Herbert looks good. Vegas, I still like a lot about them, but not a great week for them losing the sixth draft or sixth round draft pick and getting fined half a million dollars for repeated COVID violations. Uh, so they've had a lot of distractions on their plate. That is making me wonder if that's going to galvanize and tick them off or whether or not it's going to be a detriment to them. You can make either argument, which means maybe you can't make either argument because who knows? I think the Raiders are the better team right now between these two. I think I will take them to win, but I don't like the pick even as I'm saying it and I want to flip it, but I'm not. I'll stay with the Raiders. I like the Chargers here. I, I'm, I'm all in love with Justin Herbert. I know Me too. Kind of a up and down game last week, but... I think when it comes down to it, I I just I like this spot as kind of a uh, again one of those Justin Herbert coming out parties, and I think that's probably what's going to happen here. I'm going to go with the Raiders, guys. I, I think Keenan Allen's a game time decision. He has to pass a negative, or I guess not pass, or get a negative COVID test, depending on how he feels in the morning. Um, and the Chargers, man, I don't. I know we talk a lot about a lot of just you know. Just being cursed, I guess you could say, with the, how the wonky ways they've lost. But I mean, the Chargers got to get one eventually, right? But I mean, at the same time, I got to bet against them just because they find ways to lose every week. So I'm gonna go with the Raiders. Yeah, Justin Herbert is having a great season so far, but hasn't shown up much in wins for the Chargers. And the Raiders' defense is awful, so he's in line for a big day. But the Raiders, the best defense is their offense, and they grounded and pounded the Cleveland Browns last week. Didn't give them the football, and I think that's going to be their strategy again against a Charger defense that's banged up. Joy Bosa is not going to play. Melvin Ingram is banged up. So I'm going to take the Raiders here against the Chargers. See, that's a good point. Not just the defensive injuries, but just the fact that, yeah, no, that, that that's a, that's a very valid point about Justin Herbert. We're very impressed with him. But I oh, I opened up this hour, guys, by describing the best case scenario here is realizing you have the quarterback of the future. It doesn't matter. Nobody's expecting you to go eleven and five or ten and six. It's about progress. But progress doesn't necessarily mean you're winning games. The Chargers aren't winning games, and it's not Justin Herbert's fault. So yeah, he could have a wonderful day, and they could still lose. In fact, I feel better about my Vegas pick now than I did three minutes ago when I made it. We got four I, more games. We got one more segment. What you got, Chris? I was going to say all this talk is maybe I'm going to flip my pick to the Vegas. Vi- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not willing to sit on this turn. Oh, boy. There you go. We got four more games. We got one more segment. How does that work? It means we'll do it all. We'll get through the rest of the schedule. Stick with us as we finish up next here on Fox Sports Radio. Brian Finley outshined us last week. 11-3, and he follows that up by no-showing. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. Finishing up another fun one. Jason Martin Show, Fox Football Sunday coming up next. Andy Furman, Brian No. Yeah, 11-3 and three last week for Finley, and then he doesn't actually show up for the sequel. That's impressive. We are continuing to break down, and let's finish up this slate of games. Four more. Speaking of Alshon, the Pittsburgh Steelers are undefeated, and Dallas, you know how Alshon works, right? Uh, the Cowboys are starting Garrett Gilbert at quarterback. 
who played at Texas and was last seen in Orlando. Uh, not at Disney World, but playing in the AAF for the Apollos. I mean, the mismatch between Ben Roethlisberger to Garrett Gilbert is about as big as you're ever going to see in terms of a no-doubt first ballot Hall of Famer and some other guy. Uh, Pittsburgh stays undefeated. Dallas is an absolute disaster right now with injuries, with a lack of leadership, with problems with McCarthy and everything else and the quarterback situation. I've talked way too much about this, but the Steelers win this game and win it easily. So I think it's it's become a little bit in style for a lot of people in the sports media when they see a game like this, just start joking on it or like, you know, be proud that they're either saying, oh, I'm not going to watch it, haha, or I haven't watched it, haha. But at the same time, just, just to pull the rest of this room, Eric Roberts, who you got in this game? Uh, Steelers. <laughs> Kevin Figures, who you P- got in this game? Pittsburgh. Yep, same, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm yep, more excited Pittsburgh. for Jerry Jones's radio hits than Cowboys games at this point. So, Well, there you go. A little bit better here. Tua versus Kyler Murray. Miami at Arizona. Intriguing here because Miami is 4-3. and three. We saw what their defense can do against the Rams. Arizona, potent offense. DeAndre Hopkins is one of those two or three guys that you list as the best receivers in football and maybe the worst uh, free agent loss by one team you ever see. Just a terrible transaction by the Houston Texans to let him go. That was a good move by Bill O'Brien. The better move was getting rid of Bill O'Brien. Maybe you'd still have DeAndre Hopkins. Arizona's potent. Miami's got a rookie quarterback. But they don't have a defense like they do in the Rams that's going to be able to get after Tua quite as much. So I think that keeps this thing closer. Still, I take the Cardinals, but I think Tua has a good day. I'll let the other guys go first. I'm still sussing this one out. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cardinals, guys. They're coming off a bye week. They're getting a couple pieces in their defensive end back. I think two is going to have a tough one in the desert tomorrow. Same. I'm going with Arizona. It's going to be a tight one. Miami does play extremely hard for Brian Flores, but I don't think they follow up last week's win with another. So I'm taking Arizona. Yeah, I'll take Arizona as well. <laughs> Dude, you said you were just kind of going back and forth on it. You have I, a reason behind that, or not really? I was looking at my tally site picks I've done for for SB Nation. I know I've got the Dolphins this one, but as I'm sitting here and I'm realizing, I'm like, I, has Tua even shown me anything I can really trust him on yet? And the answer is no, not really. I, I just I, a lot of I, people pulling the ripcord on him already. They're in the yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think slow your roll on that. Crazy, right? I'm not pulling the ripcord, but. He's a rookie quarterback, and Kyler Murray showed uh, shown us he can go deep in this year. So I just I, I think Cardinals not the greatest defense in the world, but I think I can trust a second year more than I can a freshman. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, my only problem too is can he stay on the field? Is he going to be able to hold up? But it's not about his talent. But yeah, so Cardinals across the board. Saints at Bucks is just an awesome Sunday night game. Uh, especially with the added addition of Thomas being back and certainly Antonio Brown being on the field. Saints got the Bucks the first time around. Uh, that was the week one matchup, so you knew this one was coming back, but you didn't know what the records would be at this point. Well, they're good. Tampa Bay has kind of escaped a little bit since the impressive win against Green Bay as far as I'm concerned. That doesn't really mean anything because they won all those games. Escape also means that they won. New Orleans is going on the road. They're not the same as they are indoors. I was going to take the Saints, but I've just changed my mind in my head. I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I think the Bucs are going to get this thing done at home, and I think Antonio Brown will actually make a serious contribution in this game. Give me Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, I'm i going Tampa Bay, too. I, I don't really have much of a reason to do so. These are both, I think, really good teams. 
I think Tampa Bay has been a little scary, at least. Like, they were scary against the Giants, but you have those kind of games in the NFL every now and then. And more importantly, I just don't think the Saints are that much better over the Bucks to sweep to beat them twice in a year. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I'm going with Tampa Bay too, guys. Same. Tampa Bay. And then a real barn burner on Monday Night Football. Patriots at Jets. We have a minute left. That's about as much as you probably – well, no, we're going to watch this one uh, just because we have to see this to believe it. Cam said he's got to play better. I agree, Cam, you do. Uh, you don't have a lot around you, though, and I kind of feel sorry for you a little bit in that regard. But then the other team on the other side is the Jets. I literally looked at this and want to find a reason to pick the New York Jets to win this game. Joe Flacco? But I'm uh, – no. No, okay. no, no, <laughs> no, elite? no, no, no. He is not – I'll take the Patriots here. I just I can't quite get there, and I'm not going to jump that far off the Belichick bandwagon. I'm going to jump that far off, and I'm not going to tell you to mark the tape like Fenley did, but I am <laughs> going to take the Jets here. I'm going to take the Patriots, but, man, I'll be happy if it's the Jets. Mm. New England all the way. Well, we have one that took the Jets. Chris trying to find his it. way. You didn't say mark the tape, but, hey, Eric, mark the tape. He picked the Jets. We'll talk to you next, we'll talk to you next week. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroesfilm.com to get tickets now. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.